Our scripture reading today comes from Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. The story of Nicodemus coming to question Jesus. Hear these words of scripture. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, uh, Brexville UMC. It is uh, such a delight to be able to stand here again uh, and to be able to share the word of God. I'm, I'm grateful uh, anytime I have the opportunity to, uh, to stand and do this. Uh, and so I'm, I'm just, I'm glad to be here. I always get joy when I come into this sanctuary. I don't know what it is about it. So I'm, maybe it's because of you. That Maybe that's what it is. Let me name that, uh, uh, that you're a part of that joy. So I'm grateful for that. Will you pray with me this morning? Oh God, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts might be found acceptable in thy sight. For you, O oh Lord, are our strength, and you are our redeemer, and the rock on which we stand. And for that and so much more, we give you thanks and we praise your holy name. We pray all this in the name of Jesus the Christ. And let the people of God who love God say, Amen. Change makers ask questions. I attended Denison University for my undergraduate career, 
Denison, for those who may not know, is a 100% residential liberal arts institution in central Ohio. I didn't come to give an advertisement for Denison. I'm just setting the, 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 the context, the situation, so you know. But being a completely residential institution means that we went to class, we studied, we worked, we slept, we fought, we made up, we ate our meals, we watched performances, we listened to mediocre comedians on their college circuit all on campus. It was life for us. For this reason, I have many fond memories of late night antics and excursions, some I would love to share and others I probably should not. We had fun. We also had many late nights. Being up late from studying on the academic quad, going to late night in the cafeteria, or getting that last energy drink on uh, before the student union closed. But mostly, those late nights were just a time for conversation. In some ways, oftentimes, those conversations seemed to be the biggest and the greatest value of that time spent at school. We just talked about everything. I have many experiences of discussions that range from the mundane to the esoteric to the ones that change the course of your life. You know those conversations, right? Those conversations that began with a seemingly simple question, but then change everything. There is something about a late night conversation that can turn your life on its head. Nicodemus knew something about a late night conversation that was able to then change your life. John chapter 3 begins by saying there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night. As the series about Changemaker kicks off today, I want to, us to learn something, to glean something about what it means for us to be a changemaker through the life and the lens of Nicodemus. The first thing that we might learn, that we may gain from Nicodemus, from, this, from his life and from this lens that he offers us today, is that change makers take initiative. Nicodemus has clearly heard and witnessed th many things about Jesus. However, he seems to want more than just reports. He desires more than hearsay. He wants to see what Jesus is about. And so he approaches Jesus, but at night. As a leader in his particular position, it might be frowned upon for Nicodemus to come to Jesus, for people to have no, to know that he went to Jesus, to hear from him, to ask him, to even just spend time with him. And so the, under the cover of darkness, he takes the initiative. Under the cover of darkness, he enters into a transformative conversation with Jesus. Yet this darkness that he is entering in some ways is not just a physical darkness. It's also a metaphysical or perhaps a spiritual darkness. Nicodemus is wrestling. There is a war going on in his soul between what he is being heard, what he is seeing, what the reports are saying about Jesus, and everything Nicodemus has been taught up until this point. He is having what some may call a dark night of the soul moment. Have any of you heard of this phrase before? 
dark night of the soul. It's a phrase that comes from a poem by the same name of St. John of the Cross. He was a Carmelite priest and a doctor of the church from Toledo. That's Toledo, Spain, not just right up the road in Toledo, Ohio, just to be clear. Here in this poem, he writes these words, In the happy night, in secret when none saw me, nor I beheld aught without light or God, save that which burned in my heart. This light guided me, more surely than the light of noonday, to the place where he, well, I knew who, was awaiting me. A place where none appeared. O night that guided me. O night more lovely than the dawn. O night that joined beloved with lover. Lover transformed in the beloved. Nicodemus takes initiative in going and seeking out Jesus. Many change makers will do that. It's a part of the way in which we move. But it doesn't just end there. For while he is there with Jesus, he does something else, I believe, that offers some insight into the lives of a change maker. Change makers take the initiative, but like we just kind of heard during the children's moment, change makers are inquisitive. We ask questions because it uncovers information from others. It allows us to know what we need to know to proceed or how to respond in a certain way. Questions allow us to receive what we desire. They provide information that is needed. If I ask the question, do you have any cookies? Your response helps me out a little bit. Because if you say yes, then I'm going to ask another question. May I have some? And if you say no, then that means I need to go somewhere else and find the cookies I search for. To use a, collo a, collo a, a, a colloquial intellectualism that I borrowed from my grandmother who would often tell us when we were growing up, you know a closed mouth does not get fed. <laughs> what she meant by that is if you don't speak up for yourself, if you will not, rec you will not receive what you need to survive. If you hunger or thirst, she would say, you need to let us know and ask where you can receive food or water. We ask questions because they allow us to receive information, but questions also reveal knowledge about ourselves. And so the same question, do you have any cookies? In some ways reveals something about me. I must be a fan of cookies. <laughs> I must be in need. Well, I don't know if anyone actually needs cookies, but I must desire <laughs> cookies. Nicodemus takes the initiative and approaches Jesus. He is inquisitive. Jesus responds to him, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asks the question, how is this possible? Nicodemus needs to know more, and so Jesus responds with more. You need to be born anew, Nicodemus, if I may paraphrase. Nicodemus, with nearly the same question, asked, how are these things possible? I can almost see him scratching his head as he's hearing Jesus offering him these words. How is this possible, Jesus? This question reveals as much about Nicodemus as it does in providing information. 
Nicodemus desires his preconceived notions to be challenged. He is curious about this renewed life, this new way that Jesus has mentioned. Nicodemus isn't interested in protecting a particular thought pattern he has been taught. He isn't satisfied with a half-baked relationship and understanding of God. He wants it all. He wants the shroud pulled off of the mystery. Change makers are inquisitive. They ask questions because they care about the answers. But not just Nicodemus, we can look at other places at how change makers ask questions and they help to reveal something about the information they receive, but also about themselves. There was a change maker who asked in the name of Jesus, by the way, who says, who do people say that I am? It was a good question that he asked to his disciples. They gave an answer. And then Jesus says, who do you say that I am? It was a question that allowed to get to the heart of the matter. In Acts chapter 8, there's a disciple by the name of Philip who is taken by the Spirit to approach an Ethiopian brother who is on his way back home. He's reading a scroll of Isaiah Philip runs up beside him and says, hey, do you know what you're reading? It's a question that opened up an opportunity. It was an opportunity then for Philip to begin to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And then it allowed for this brother from Ethiopia to ask a question of his own. What would prevent me from being baptized? The narrative in Acts goes on to say that this brother then goes on and takes the gospel and brings it to his people back in Ethiopia. And there begins this narrative of the gospel being shared abroad. Change makers are inquisitive. They ask questions, often good questions, but as we heard, there is no bad question. But we ask questions because we care about the answers. The answers of information that we receive, but also what it reveals about us. Change makers take the initiative they are inquisitive, but then lastly, they live intentionally. Nicodemus' questions to Jesus offer us answers from Jesus that change lives every day. You may have heard the reading of this text and you realize that you are familiar, if not with the entire text, at least with portions of it. In it, in response to Nicodemus, Jesus offers us words that we have known throughout those our time in Christianity to help shape Christianity. The idea of being born again or born anew is in response to Nicodemus' question. This uh, uh, conversation about of John 3.16, which some may remember if you were raised up in a church, having to recite perhaps in front of the church, for God so loved the world that he offered his only son. In response to these questions, we understand that the response is that change makers also live intentionally. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in August of 1967 
was speaking to a gathering of people, as he often did. And of course, because he was a preacher, even if he wasn't there to preach, he often told a story from the gospel. And there on that day, he shared this. He says, one day, a juror came to Jesus and he wanted to know what he could do to be saved. Jesus didn't get bogged down on the kind of isolated approach of what you shouldn't do. Jesus didn't say, now Nicodemus, you, should, you must stop lying. He didn't say, Nicodemus, now you must not commit adultery. He didn't say, Nicodemus, you must stop cheating if you're doing that. He didn't say, Nicodemus, you must stop drinking liquor if you're doing that excessively. He said something altogether different. Because Jesus realized something basic. If a person will lie, they might steal. If they, may, if they will steal, they may kill. And so instead of just getting bogged down on one thing, King says, Jesus looked at him and said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. King went on to share that, in other words, your whole structure must be changed. You must learn to live intentionally. We're called to live life intentionally. We're called to have to an entire life reorientation and commitment. Rebirth, being born anew is not just about sanitizing the past. It is not about a list of codes that we are called or rules that we are called to follow. It's about receiving new eyes so that we might see people as God sees them. It's about receiving new ears, spiritual ears, that we might be able to hear more attentively. It's about a newness of life, living the fullness of life, being intentional about the ways in which we proceed. Change makers ask questions. They reveal for us exactly what we need to move forward. And beloved, in case it wasn't clear, we are change makers called by God to go and be curious and to be inquisitive. Amen. As the worship band comes up, to sing, I invite those who are worshiping online to share any joys or concerns in comments on Facebook or at prayer at brexvilleumc.com. You unravel me with a melody surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have gone I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child. 
We are children of God, and that is why we take the time as a community of faith to be able to share our prayer requests with one another. I lift up these that I have before me. Bev Huber is in the ICU at St. John's Hospital, having a second surgery for a bleeding ulcer. Taylor asked prayer for all those traveling this summer. May they have safe travels and experience joy this season brings. Matt asks prayers for uh, Sister Jan, who is having a medical procedure tomorrow. Sister Linda uh, asks prayers for Keith McPherson in the hospital after open heart surgery. Shelly asks prayers for grandson Floyd and his understanding of God. And Matt and Kathy share joy that 31 years ago tomorrow, uh, we were married, you were married in this sanctuary, amen. We give God's joy for, uh, for that. May we go before God in prayer. God, we give you thanks for community. I give you thanks for children of God who come together, that we might be able to share one another's burdens, that we may be able to pray for the concerns of each other, that we might be able to rejoice in the gifts and the graces that we all experience. God, our prayer today is that you would be present in these prayer requests that have been lifted up in worship, in worship through Facebook, prayers that have been emailed in, prayers that are on our hearts that may not have been lifted up, but Lord, that you are aware of. We ask, O oh Lord, for your consistent presence in the lives of those who experience an illnesses and journeying towards health. For caregivers, O oh God, who journey with those who may be ill or have long-term afflictions. God, we come praying for those who are in need of secure housing, of jobs, for whom the constant, uh, the fear of food and having enough is a daily dilemma. God, we pray that you would be with all who traveled this summer, that you will offer traveling mercy to them. God, for the many who are experiencing transitions of life, Lord, offer peace those who need just a little bit more love, oh God. Let them feel the warm embrace of your spirit. And those who would enjoy some companionship, Lord, let them be surrounded by a community of faith that will show them love, the love that we first received from you. We pray these things, oh Lord, through the power of your spirit saying together the prayer Jesus taught so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The final thing we do each Sunday is to remind you that church doesn't end here when the worship service is over. The message goes with us into our daily lives and the work of the church continues through your help. Here are some ways to engage with BUMC in the coming weeks. We are forming a new sewing group. The first meeting is tomorrow, Monday the 26th at 1.15 p.m. in the parlor. Sewers, knitters, quilters, crocheters, and all crafters are invited to join and brainstorm ways to craft for missions. If you can't make it, but this is something that you're interested in, please in email info at braxvilleumc.com. VBS registration is closing soon, and we only have 15 spots left open. So if you are looking to enroll in VBS, got to get on that because you run out of time. Next, we have trials for Hope Hygiene Kit Packing that will be on the 1st at 1030. Um, it's an East Ohio UMC mission in Cleveland providing food and hygiene items for people in need, and they need our help. We need six to ten people that have two hours to spare on Saturday, July 1st. Matt and Kathy Auble are leading the group, so you can talk to them, and you can sign up at BUMC links or on the clipboard that is in the parlor. We have a Habitat Faith Build on the 6th. This is our first Habitat Faith Build workday on this year's house. With our help, a partner family will become homeowners with a no-interest loan. It's an opportunity to change lives. Again, you can sign up for that on BUMC links. And if you're not able to work, please keep this effort in your prayers. And finally, the Broadview Heights Home Days is taking place on July 6th through the 9th, and we're going this year, and we're hosting a photo booth. You can sign up to help at BUMC links or in the parlor. We're also donating a bike-themed gift basket to promote our bike ministry. So if you want to contribute to that bike-themed basket, you can email Jenny at Jenny at BrexvilleUMC.com. Now I would like to invite the Reverend up so that we can receive the benediction to go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Please stand for our final song.
Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Have a great week.